This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing the new spicy Cajun chicken sub, Cajun seasoned grilled chicken breast, zesty cherry peppers, and house-made Cajun mayo. Just $5.55 for a medium. Remember, a portion of every sub you buy helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time only, plus tax. Participating locations. Firehouse Subs would donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase. From New York City, it's the Todd Berry Podcast. The Todd Berry Podcast. All right, everyone, good afternoon. It's the Todd Berry Podcast. This is a big one. This is a first on many levels. It's the first episode I'm doing from a car. I'm in the passenger seat. I know Jerry Seinfeld does a thing where he talks to comedians in a car, but I don't think he's the first person to talk to someone in a car. I can't believe that hasn't been done before. So I'm going to assume that I'm fine doing it myself. My guest is Blaine Kapach, comedian writer who's driving me to San Francisco. We're going to be on a show together. I won't mention that he's opening for me, because that would be weird, power play-ish. But he is opening for me. He's going on first. I'm the headliner. But he's driving me. We're filming this for a documentary. I don't know if I should reveal that. But uh, Spoiler alert. Blaine Kapach, everyone. Thank you. And also, this is also a first. First time I've interviewed a guest on their birthday. Happy birthday, Blaine. Oh, thank you, Todd. So you, you want to reveal how old you are? I mean, I'm, I know, but... I'm 16. 16. Just, is. <laughs> just got his driver's license. 16 yeah. years old. Um, how can, so is, your wife didn't want to take you out for your birthday? Or no. Well, she works at Shakey's, so she just gets sick of being <laughs> there all the time. Shakey's Pizza. Do Shakey's Pizza still exist? They do. They're different now. They're not like the old uh, 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 George Siegel straw hat banjo contingent like they used to be. I don't know. that. I feel like... Maybe once in my life I've been to Shakey's, and it, not even that long ago, like the past five years. It's, so it's like a Chuck E. Cheese? I, you know, I don't know. There used to be a Shakey's back in my old hometown, and then it closed when I was still a kid. I went there once, and I just remember a player piano and funhouse mirrors. So that's that's kind of the level of fun you're that's talking a kid, about. That's though. a kid's restaurant. Yeah, because, you know, kids love handlebar mustaches and... Striped aprons. And I guess I should point out, your wife doesn't work at Shakey's. She does not work at Shakey's. So you guys, what would you have done if you weren't driving me and doing a show with me? What would you do tonight? Uh, Well, she's actually working on a freelance thing when she gets home from work. So I would be watching. I'd be watching my baby. Oh, my God. You have a new baby. You showed me a picture earlier. Very cute. Yeah, it's adorable. I got him on Craigslist. I got him on Craigslist. See, they, they said they've cracked down on all the bad stuff on Craigslist, but clearly, you getting a black market baby, I believe is, it, that's got to be against the law. Well, you know what? It's a, uh, I don't want to go to a baby mill, because they breed those babies in those horrible conditions. You want to, I mean, rescue babies are how you really want to go, but I, I, you know, if you can't go with a, my, my wife wanted a fresh one, so. This is your only child, right? It is so far oh, that I know of. You should get how Carol many more? Leifer all of a sudden. How many more? Uh, well, we just converted to Mormonism, so I'm thinking 11. <laughs> she 
she's getting a little long in the tooth, Todd. She had her birthday on September 11th. It's my most challenging interview yet because I, I can't tell when he's joking. <laughs> like, do I follow up on the Mormonism thing? I can't even. It might be a joke. No. Although, uh, although my first album that I bought with my own money was uh, Crazy Horses by the Osmonds. Really? Yeah, it was. It's actually a good album. I bet it is. It's, it's poptastic. That Partridge Family album. I remember Partridge Family album being quite good. That's because they had all those like Brill Building guys writing yeah. songs for him and Neil Diamond. I'm thinking of the Monkees. I don't know if Neil wrote any songs I'm, for the Partridge. Are you saying Danny Bonaduce didn't write all those songs for, for the Partridge? <laughs> Nothing gets Danny Bonaduce. Hey, this, I, he was four at the time. This isn't me running a bit, but I was actually thinking about that the other day because I saw Danny Bonaduce in the news for some reason. Uh-huh. And in the lyrics it says, Danny got Reuben to sell their songs. And it really came together when Mom sang along. That means Danny was hanging out with agents and managers before <laughs> and he was guys. even in a band. Yeah, it's, <laughs> that's funny. I that's re- the show. It's also funny that you remember the lyrics so vividly, too. Well, it's catchy. I, I did a show event with Danny Bonaduce. There was a time he was trying to do stand-up. Yeah, and I, he was late like, 80s, right? Early well, maybe 90s. early 90s. But he was one of the guys who were like, he was sort of, I was like, well, he actually does have, seem to have comic instincts. Like, yeah. he seems like he's acting an actual comedian. Yeah. But I think he uh, he kind of thought, I don't know, he seemed to not insult me, but playfully insult me after I was on. <laughs> but I probably was the thing where I came across super sarcastic, so... But he, see, he was a nice guy. Yeah, he seems to have that sort of alpha male Tourette's where they, even though they're cool, they seem to need to let everybody know they're, I'm Danny Bonaduce. I get it. Is, he, you're Danny is he like a DJ in, in Phoenix or something? When I met him, he was in Philadelphia. I don't know where he is. Oh, no. maybe you're right. But, but, uh, yeah, he was a real sweet guy. Really yeah. nice. Where, so you started in Baltimore. I started in Baltimore. What was the open mic scene in Baltimore? Like? <laughs> uh, it was... Pretty, it was like the way it is now, I guess. I started with uh, a guy named Warren Hutcherson. Do you know Warren? I know Warren. He, yeah. he and I used to be pretty close, and I He's sort of lost touch with him. Yeah, he kind of disappeared. He's always yeah, been that's very it. quiet. Yeah, he was always, yeah, we were pretty good friends in uh, New York. And I, I heard from him like once or twice since then, but... I think he's writing. I don't know. He is. Yeah, I know he was producing. He was funny. Did he produce Moesha or something? He or? may have. He had something to do with, I think, Moesha. Yeah, I know the last time I talked to him, he was getting his backyard landscaped, which meant that he had a job of some sort. Oh, he's getting it landscaped. Yeah. Oh, literally. I thought that was some sort of showbiz term. That was it. Um, it's not all jokes with me, Todd. So you start to get serious. We're in a car, too, and you're driving really Yeah, hard. we're actually going up a very steep part of the grapevine that uh, is known for cracking people's engine blocks. Is that true? Yeah, you're supposed to. I turned off the air conditioner because it'll... I know. We're on a very, that's the uh, other side of the five coming down down there. I know so little about cars that I don't even know what cracking the engine blocks means, but it doesn't sound like something I'd be happy about. It's like, you, it's, like a, it's like if your engine had a... Uh, uh, a heart attack and an aneurysm. It's over. It's just <laughs> over. That's a double whammo. Yeah. So you started in Baltimore. What, so what, it was easy to get on stage there? It was. It was a, a pretty standard club. I mean, I started in November 85, so there was like that that boom was still going on. Yeah, me too. And you started in 85? Yeah. Wow, before me. Yeah, I, was, I just turned 20. So okay. November 6th. And uh, Bob Summerby was the host. Do you remember Bob Summerby? I've heard. That, I know who he is. I don't think I've ever met he, him. He has a web. He has a website now called the Daily Howler. He's sort of a media critic guy. But his roommates in college. Oh, it was Al. 
Uh, uh, yeah, Al Gore and Tommy Lee Jones. That's right. He's the guy. Okay. And he was a Boston comic. Really super, like an older guy, professorial dude. Yeah. And he co-owned the club with Dan Rosen. Dan, Dan Rosen. Dan Rosen, who was a, quite a character. Yeah. He still, I'm sure, is quite a character. Yeah, the last thing I heard about Dan, he wrote The Last Supper, which was that yeah. some movie, like a big chill-flavored movie. And I think I saw him in front of La Poubelle by the UCB once a few years ago, and I waved. So he owned the Charm City, then? Yeah. They both, which was the, I think, is that the club for, you went on first? Yeah, it was a great club, too. I mean, it was a it was a, an A club. I mean, the first, before my first open mic, I went there with some friends. We would go to Baltimore. I lived in Pennsylvania. We would go to Baltimore because it was a city. Yeah. And uh, we found this club, and we went to see... Uh, my first show, it was Bill McCuddy, who's a local guy. Uh, Jonathan Katz was middling, and Rita Rudner was the headliner. Man, it's great, Rita, great show. She's still around, Rita Rudner. She's like in Vegas. Yeah, she owns, she's queen of Vegas now. And uh, but I went down the next week and signed up, and you know how it is—you sign up, and I was working in a few months. Yeah. And I was Baltimore was cool because I could go to I could go to the Comedy Cafe in D.C. I could go to the Richmond Comedy Club in Richmond. I could go to Philadelphia and do the clubs down there. It's where I met Tompkins and uh, and all those guys. Yeah, I met Patton way back. He came in to do a guest spot at some club in Philly. But um, that's the whole story there. <laughs> that's not really that, that hardly qualifies as a story. Definitely not a good story. Um, it's, it's okay. It's a good story. It tried. So did you hit the road at some point? You know, I was. I kind of did road work. There was a lot more work back then. Like the club started closing around '92. When when we moved, I moved to San Francisco in '92. Pat and I decided to get out of Dodge. I should point out we're driving to San Francisco now. Yeah, we're on the five. We're on the north. five headed north. If you want to come hang with us, we're a lot of fun. Yeah, we'll be coming up on the Handy J soon if you <laughs> want to just wave through the glory hole at us. So you moved to San Francisco in when? 80? 92. 92. So you had like seven years. Yeah, I was, and I was working. I would get up to New York a lot. I, I never really had the balls to move there. I always wanted to go to California. Uh-huh. And uh, I always thought that L.A. was like mom and New York was dad, you know, and dad was cool and you liked dad, but dad was very serious had to be an adult around dad. Mom would let you get away with whatever. So I moved to mom. <laughs> and you know, it's great. The thing that's great now is like, there's so many, everybody goes everywhere. All these guys come out from New York all the time. Everybody goes back there. So it's one big happy family. Yeah. There's so, so, many, so many funny guys right now. Did you get on in, in San Francisco? Because that's, San Francisco is one of the top five probably comedy cities, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I was kind of wrestling with, uh, with moving to Boston and using that to get into New York, but then I could also move to San Francisco and move into to LA. Then a Boston comedy scene was Yeah, I you would You could make crazy money though. Like yeah. you could do five shows a night in like one complex. Just walk upstairs. I was at least Nick's and the and they yeah, exactly. Them, but um so did you infiltrate the San Francisco comedy scene quickly? Yeah, we well, you know I drove out a year before with a girlfriend and we kinda checked the city out because she wanted to move out with me and teach. And uh, so we went out, checked out the club. That's when you still had to send out press packages and stuff. Yeah. Press kits. And, hey, I'm coming in for a showcase. Send me a tape. Yeah, I'd send people tapes and stuff. And it, it worked. And, and by the, when Pat and I got out there, we were already, they knew who we were. 
And uh, and then the competition came up, the San Francisco International, uh-huh. as if I have to say those three words. Yeah. Uh, when it still kind of meant something, and we got into the competition, and that got us booked at the punchlines, so that we could work as you know get like real weekends in the, in the Bay Area. But here's what happened: is when we got there, all these clubs closed, like uh, 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 the other cafe. Um, Daily Planet, 94th Aero Squadron, one of the Tommy T's, Foo Bars, one of the Punchlines. They all closed? They all closed, like, within the, the three years that we were living there. So it got real meager pretty fast. And uh, there was no place to do stage time except for cops and the Punchlines, so we would start going to, like, coffee shops and spoken word-type poetry slam places. And we'd pretend to be poets. Oh, really? Yeah, because if they knew we were comics, they, they wouldn't let you on. Because people liked comics and they didn't like poets. Because comics were funny. Yeah, I did an open mic once. Like, it was in Minneapolis, one of those things where, like, hey, you want to go do the show? It's at midnight after the regular show. And it was like a variety show. And, it was, and I went on after a poet. And it was, it was great. <laughs> yeah. And it's not necessarily like the poet bumped people out, but that is probably what happened. And then you go up there and you have, like, one funny thing to say. And they're just like, oh, God. Yeah, Thank was- you. Yeah, thank you for thank you for thinking of something to say ahead of time. <laughs> but yeah, it was a, it was a lot of fun. It was a great scene. And then, uh, I, should I keep going? Yeah, keep going. <laughs> man. Uh, when I uh, I moved down here in '95, Pat and I got hired to write on the pilot of Mad TV. See, I never knew that. Yeah, so we were the first guys they hired, and we came down. They gave us a, a moving to LA fee. So we came down and moved into this apartment together in Van Nuys for a couple of months. Luckily, Mad TV got picked up, and we worked there for a few years, and that, that was good. That was a real, that was a real lightning strike for us. How but, did, but oh, sorry, go ahead. No, did you know you wanted to be do writing, or I mean, you must have done well, Pat, sent a packet in or something. Or? Yeah, well, you know, Pat and I had written some short films for Comedy Central called Food for Thought, where we played these two grocery clerks that worked at it all night grocery store and we were just bored shitless uh-huh. and uh that got us I think they saw that and hired us off of that but you know we sent we sent in sketches and stuff we would do weird little sketch things in San Francisco with people you know and, uh, everybody was starting to do characters in San Francisco and Jeremy Kramer was there and uh what happened to that guy He's still around. He's he had a heart attack, a bad heart attack, like maybe a he year was really ago. funny, like kind of crazy funny, right? Super funny. He was like the guy that all the comedians would go, "Hey, let's got to go in and watch Kramer." Right. You put him on stage, and people don't know what they're watching. You know, and then there were guys like Bob Rubin, Marty Higgins, like all these great San Francisco guys that were old timers, but they felt really fresh because. Yeah, it was like watching a Fireside Theater album. Who was that, that dude who, who was really had a crazy weird act? There were a couple of them. Some with a G. Galway, Gal. Uh, um, and then there was a really crazy, funny dude, but weird, really weird act. Bob something? <laughs> Where he had like quaffed gray hair. Oh, that's Bob Rubin. Bob Rubin, yeah. Yo, Rube's here. Like, he's a, he was a real... Interesting, oh, weird act. Yeah, he was nuts. He's th- he's in L.A. now, but he was one of those guys where I c- I've never seen a guy drink like that on stage either. Yeah, and uh, and he would drive comedians to other gigs and should I be in a car with you? 
you ever been pretty fucked up? No, I got angels with me. He, uh, he dated Roseanne for a while. Really? When she was doing that show Saturday Night Special. What is he, uh, what is he doing now? I think he's just doing stand-up and trying to write. He goes back up to the Bay Area a lot. He was one of those guys that just, he seemed like a, a real perennial up in San Francisco and, and never... I don't know if he just never came down to Sanford, down to Los Angeles enough to get noticed or didn't want to. There's a lot of guys like that that, that try to stay in San Francisco and then come down later and try to break into something. And then they butt their head up against the age ceiling. <laughs> Whatever that is. It is kind of, yeah, I do. I'm hitting it today. I'm, I'm hitting it. I'm 16, yeah. I'm 49. This is... I wonder this is going so smoothly because we're just we totally have the same points of reference. Um, <laughs> well, you picked XTC on the iPod. I did a shock. Really? Yeah. Why is that? You know, I, I I listened to XTC almost daily for years and years and years when I was in like high school and college. I think they're great. They are great. And then one day I just stopped listening to them. I still listen to them every now and then. It's like they never toured though. I, don't, yeah. I heard he had stage fright, but then I heard he said he didn't have stage fright. Yeah. We. I got a call from Mike Sweeney when I lived in Baltimore. He was hosting the big show on MTV. He was doing uh-huh. crowd warm-up. He goes, hey, XTC is doing an acoustic set if you can get up here in three hours. And I drove from Baltimore to New York in three hours. Yeah. I got to meet him. It was cool. I was, I was a little fanboyish, though. Was he nice? And he was a dick, I think. Really? Yeah. Uh, Colin Moulding didn't want to talk. And Dave Gregory was just as friendly as could be. And he's the guy I would want to talk to now because I collect guitars. Were you ever in a band? Yeah, I'm in a band right now. You are? What's your band? Uh, I'm in the Tulsa Skull Swingers <laughs> with uh, Craig Anton and Ron Lynch. Is that really? Yeah, Ron Lynch plays drums and Craig Anton sings and he's our leader. Craig Anton came backstage in Los Angeles the other night. I hadn't seen him in years. It took me like a second to process. Yeah. Even though it so clearly looks like him. But... So what is, are you like a cowpunk band? Uh, we're sort of garagey, whatever, like 60s nuggets type stuff. The DJ shows? Yeah, we just did one at the R Bar last week. We have a bunch coming up. Well, we all wear masks. So oh, really? it's fun. Yeah, it's dirty, crampsy garage stuff. And if one of us can't make the gig, if we have like a show or something, then, some, then Andy Paley or somebody will sit in and they just wear a mask. Who plays drums? Ron Lynch. Ron Lynch plays drums. Yeah. Is he a good drummer? He's, yeah, he's a good drummer. He's, a, he's like a jazz drummer, but he's a comic, so he's got timing. <laughs> How do you know Ron? Where do you meet Ron? Uh, God, probably in Boston. He's from Boston, right? Yeah. How did I meet you? Did I meet you in a trip to L.A.? I probably met you in, in L.A. I feel like, I'm, I, feel like I'm, I saw you in New York, though, years ago. Because I, I when I was in New York, I would see Louie and Sarah a lot. I don't know if you were around. Yeah, I've been around. I was there. I've been there since '89. Yeah, I know all about Louie and Sarah. <laughs> well, so, well, you know what the thing is. They're a couple, but I mean, but who they are. Uh, you know how it is with comedy, where it's like you don't remember where you meet people. People just sort of like fade in. That's true. There's very there's a lot of comics who I've known a long time. But I can't really say, oh, I remember exactly what I knew. Yeah, because we have short attention spans and we don't retain anything. And we're bad people. We're all, we should just. <laughs> I don't believe anything I just said. I do. Keep going. It's good. It's helping my self-esteem. Do you, um... So you got, you got a lot of shows booked with the Tulsa... What is it? Tulsa Skull Swingers. Who came up with that name? Craig Anton. 
it's his band, kind of. But we've been together for six, maybe six years. Seven really? Years. Yeah. We were in a band together before that called the Buxotics, <laughs> and that was with Rita. You know Rita from Lucha Vavoom, the blonde. Okay, I, I'm pretending I remember who that is, but yeah. Uh, and she was uh, she was dating Andy Preboy from Ex Wall of Voodoo back when oh, I met I her in Largo. Guy. Yeah. And she did White Trash Wins Lotto. Yeah. But uh, we were in this garage band back then, you know, Black Turtlenecks. And, yeah, it's a lot of fun. But now we just do it for do it for kicks. So you don't record? We keep wanting to, but we tr- we every time we get together to write stuff. I mean, I have a new baby, and yeah. then somebody's working, and we're all adults. Rockin's a young man's game. It is, right? It really is. Do you wish privately wish that you were a rock star? <laughs> Or not privately? No, well, you know, it would be fun. Hey, lemons. Oh, look at that, man. We're passing a lemon truck. That's crazy. A lot of lemons. Oh, man. That looks, de- that looks delish. <laughs> that looks delish. And all the windows in the truck are streak-free. I've never, in all my years, I don't think I've ever seen exact. I've never seen oh, lemons that. being... I'm surprised that... It's interesting that they're not covered up. No, they're not. Exposed lemons. Oh it's you know it's weird to me that it, I'll see tomatoes like that too in trucks. It's like aren't the ones on the bottom ketchup by now? What's with <laughs> the pressure? Is it their pressure? Maybe they're making like little tomato diamonds. Everyone must ask the lemon guy like, do you take a couple of home? Like, what is <laughs> like what's the? Is it just understood that you can grab a bag and throw? Are you I mean, skimming? Yeah, I mean if I if, if I owned a lemon company. <laughs> And the guy driving them 10 hours wants to grab a few. I'd be like, that's, yeah, that's part of your pack. Yeah, you fill, up, fill up a backpack full of lemons. You don't want to get caught in lembezzling because <laughs> they cost a penny each. <laughs> Take 10 of them on me. What um, is that, a nickel? Here, keep it. Did you... Uh, so let's talk about La Vucha Boom. We did that. That's I did that with you once. Yeah. Mexican wrestling... Or Webster Hall, I got a weird text from you or email. It's like you want to MC this Mexican wrestling thing. It was fun. Yeah, it's a blast. It's Mexican wrestling and burlesque. We've been doing it for a dozen years. We toured Australia with it in January. Did, did the, you really? Yeah, we did the Big Day Out Festival. It's like oh this huge. It's like this Coachella that did five cities in two weeks. It was all over Australia. I can't tell you how much you've been there, right? Yeah, I have been there. I can't tell you how much I loved it down there. Yeah, did you get your freaking fire bombs? I didn't even think about it. Oh my god. I should have. We, we took I talk about this every episode. We took China Southern Airlines. There's, there. Really? Yeah. Awesome. Is that a what's that? What's that airline? It's like China on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> it was really amazing. Have Is you it, ever flown a Chinese airline? I've flown, yeah, I've flown to Vancouver. I I've flown Cathay Pacific. And it's a flight that stops in Vancouver that moves on to Hong Kong. Okay. Did they do the stretch tape when when you're landing? No. There's a they do a whole thing and uh, I guess it was because it was a long flight. They have this video where they just have people stretching in their seats, and it's just uh, uh, these stewardesses wearing their uniforms showing you how to move your ankles so that you don't get blood clots. Because yeah, I, I should do a little more of that because I always I see people doing that full on, like they'll just go in the galley and start. Yeah. yeah, it's like you look like a jackass, but then again, then you don't. If I get blood, blood clots, and there, I'd rather not look like a jackass, or rather look like a jackass and not have blood clots. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, that was uh, 
That was a crazy flight. I can't tell you how polluted China was. Although I can. It was very polluted. What do you mean? You know how when you're coming in for a landing and you sort of see the clouds? You, you Wait, you went to, to China? Second? Well, we had to land in China before we went down to Sydney. Oh, okay. So we were in Gangzhuang for, uh, for a layover. Do you know there are non-stops to Sydney from Los Angeles? There are, but, but, we, were, but we were... Not for $350. Yeah. <laughs> we were flying a bunch of Mexican wrestlers and burlesque acts, so yeah. we were cheaping out a little bit. All right, so tell me about China. I'm sorry. Uh, oh, but you know how when you're coming down through the clouds, where the cloud layer starts, it gets a little rough? Yeah. Uh, we were starting to descend, and it got yellow like smog, and then we went through the yellow for a while, and then we hit the clouds. So the the smog pollution was above the cloud level. Oh, my God. So, so everything was, looked like it was in a hipstamatic filter. It was insane. Hipstamatic? You didn't even say Instagram. Oh, my God. Hipstamatic, that was... It was, everything was sepia town. It looked like, you know, Civil War photographs. Except it was China. So it was Hong Kong? Uh, Gung Chuang. Gung Chuang. Yeah. Great, great noodles at the airport, I gotta say. I had some ramen. That was it's delicious. Yeah, it'd be crazy to not get the noodles at the airport. <laughs> in China. In China. Well, we stopped at this, we stopped on the way there, and then on the way back, we stopped at the same place. And three of us were like, hey, let's go to that place and get noodles again. And uh, that time it was like, oh, this is the Chinese diarrhea before I get on the plane. Oh, okay, I'm good, I'm good. But I panicked there for a second. Did you get, how long was the layover in China? Five hours. Seriously? Yeah. Oh my God. Just long enough to not do anything, but long enough to think I was gonna get abdominal searing diarrhea. How was the food on the plane? I didn't eat it, I don't eat food on planes. Really? Yeah, I was take, it's just eat cliff bars, pretend it's not happening. Do you drink on planes? You know, I can't get badly hung over. Last time I really drank on a plane, uh, I was going to France with my wife for this animation festival. And my friend, uh, Ted Sarnowski, do you know Ted? He's a comic, he's a drummer, he's a friend of Carlos Mencia's. I feel like hey, I man, take half of the Xanax, man. So take half the Xanax and I have a... a, a one and a half double vodkas, which is what, five vodkas? Or three vodkas? <laughs> I've never heard one and a half double. <laughs> one and a half double vodkas. I woke up in Paris, so that worked. That was the best flight I've ever had. worked in Paris, in the Paris hospital. <laughs> really nice hospitals there. We, how do you say is the, uh, is the stomach the issue is pumped? How do you say you, you almost didn't make it? <laughs> you almost died, you little fucking idiot. Um... Do you, do you drink on planes? I don't... No, I can't... If I can take, like... I can, no, it gives me a headache. Like, yeah. Even looking at people, I don't understand. I mean, I sometimes sit next to someone who has, like, two bottles of wine on, like, a three-hour flight. It's like... Yeah, you know, we're landing at four o'clock, and you're going to yeah. be hung over at yeah. six. Yeah. And you're going to be drunk in a like, rental car. Yeah. You'll get through this flight. Yeah. But... Sometimes those international airlines have decent food. China Star Airlines? China Southern. When, when did you take this trip? This was January. Oh, huh, I wonder if they're... Because then you find out they're partners with American or something? That's like... I don't know. A lot of miles. Yeah, we flew Virgin oh, Virgin Australia nice. when we were down there. It was terrific. That's nice. I've never flown Virgin Australia, but I assume. If it's like the other Virgin Airlines... Hey, they put purple light bulbs in their lights instead of white light bulbs. You know what, though? That makes a difference. Future. Yeah, it makes a big difference. I think they, I think that's so brilliant because it's like someone had just said, 
why why don't we try something different with lighting instead of every airline having the exact same lighting? And you get on there and go, oh, no, this is like it's a different experience. It was like the original uh, iMac. It's like, oh my God, it's in Bondi blue. <laughs> I can't believe somebody's made a computer that's not beige. You spend a lot of time on the computer. I you tweet. Do. You're a good. You're a good tweeter. I enjoy your tweets. I enjoy your setup. I will now take a part in the black hashtag. Do you lose a lot of followers on your hashtags? <laughs> uh, I get, you know, it's a weird thing. Like, I do have a nice amount of followers, but I... You do? It's a pretty sweet chunk. Yeah, I have a good, I have good numbers. And all all legit, no bot. I mean, there might be bots, but I didn't <laughs> buy any bots or anything. But I do, well, I feel like, you know, if you tweet about Justin Bieber or something... You're gonna get some of these like 14-year-olds who are just like, oh, you see mentioned Justin Bieber, I'll follow him. But I think you, you lose those pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, when you stop dro- dropping the uh, the Peter Ustinov references. <laughs> there are times where I will make it. I'll be like, do I want to make this reference to uh, whatever some band that you'd have to be over 40 to know? Is there another substitute so we can bring more people into what the amazing shit that I'm doing on Twitter? What's a what's a version of Jimi Hendrix that just happened <laughs> within the last thirty years? Who's, who's the Jimi Hendrix who's fourteen now? That's um, not John Mayer. But do you have you uh, had any like hate tweets at you that you want to talk about? You know, if every now and then I'll I'll, I'll say something snarky about politics or whatever. Yeah, and uh, if I get a, a retweet from Patton, yeah, he does. He retweets you quite a bit. Yeah, and and then uh, he's got what three million people following him, and a lot of them are just itchy trigger fingers. Yeah, if he say anything about, you know, like I made a joke about Ted Cruz. Oh, because that guy's an asshole. Whatever. And, uh, he's gonna be your next president, you fucking asshole. <laughs> oh Jesus! Why would you block people when you can block them and report them for spam? Oh, uh, that's a new thing. Can you? I wonder if that's something that people do. Hoping that they're going to get some kinds of Twitter doesn't really. I don't think they give a shit about almost anything content-wise. No. There's like that. You know, there's sites where they just completely take people's tweets, post them as their own, uh-huh. and have millions of followers, and everyone knows they're doing it, and they don't. Uh, they don't do anything about that. Um. I heard Twitter's is, is about to get what an IPO like Facebook did, so it'll start getting a lot more corporate really fast. You think so? Oh yeah, they, they're going they're going public. Uh, looks like we're all gonna have to go over to Google Plus, like everybody threatens every three months. <laughs> Google Plus, that never really. Uh, I mean, I, I still promote stuff on Google Plus, but I don't know that. I don't know. This didn't turn out to be that fun, right? No. I wanted to get a verified Google Plus account because <laughs> I found out they existed. And they, like, wrote to me and said, yeah, can we get on the phone and talk for ten minutes? Like, why do we have to talk about it? Just put, put a check mark there, and then nothing will change. What are we going to talk about? Oh, we just want to be able to say uh, we talked to Todd Barry. Oh, look at those race cars. Those lotuses, that's nice. Oh, those lotuses. Yep. Um, now, I'm worried about, are we going to make it for showtime? Yeah, we should be okay. What are you doing about six? Oh, you're doing about 80. That's good. Yeah. There's no I, traffic. There was, you are talking about burns before, forest fires. These were some fire, fire residue right here. These are, for those of you listening to my podcast, there's some fire residue here. 
Yeah, we're going through the, uh, we're on the north side of the, uh, the grapevine here. And uh, we're going down that hill into the valley. And there's uh, some scorched hills from forest fires to our left. Very pre-post-apocalyptic looking. This is insane. I got to bring our people, our viewers, our listeners into the, wow. This is crazy. What do you call all that? Is that a mountain? <laughs> is that called a mountain? Yeah, you know, some people would call it a molehill. Out here we call it mountains. That's but see, there's a bus for scale. Gives you an idea of how big a mountain is. I think I'm videotaping now, am I? I don't know if I am. Uh, and we're, we're going down quite a quite an incline. It's a little deceptive. You'll see it when we this valley opens up here. But we should get back to addressing people who can't see all this. There's a runaway truck ramp coming up. When's the last time you uh, went on the road? Last time I was on the road uh, was beginning of August. I was on this drive exactly. I drove up to Sacramento with Drew Carey to do the punchline. Oh, you drove? Yeah, took Drew's car. That's interesting, you drove, but then again. Yeah, it was, it was a blast. We just listened to Sirius Radio the whole time. He's a nice guy, right? I've only guy. met him once, I think, but he's a good friend of mine. He took me to Africa once. Really? Yeah, he called me up. He was a, because he he co-owns uh, the Seattle Sounders soccer team. <laughs> and he went down to Cape Town or Johannesburg for the World Cup in 2010 or 2011. And he texted me. He goes, uh, hey, want to come to Cape Town for the World Cup? Like, yeah, sure. So he flew me, Dave Anthony, and Marty Rackham. Do you know those guys? Oh my, what happened to Marty Rackham? I see Marty a lot. I see him over Rick Messina's. I knew him a tiny bit in New York. So this whole thing opens up. Oh wow. Oh, this is the big... What's Marty Rackham doing? Uh, he's acting, doing stuff. He teaches soccer at, a, at his kid's school. Well, that's cool. But uh, he flew us to Cape Town business, which was nice. And then we did uh, five days in five days in Cape Town, five star hotels. Oh, could you do shows? Nope. Well, you just hung out. Just hung out. His family was down there for a couple of weeks, and then they all had to go back, and he was bored. So he's like, "I'll oh, fly some buddies down." That's yeah. So he flew us down. We stayed at a five star hotel in Cape Town, private jet to Johannesburg, which was a trip, and then uh, and then a red eye out of Johannesburg to Amsterdam and we stayed a week in Amsterdam. How long was this vacation? 11 days, 12 days. And, and a, what, how short was the notice? I think it gave like a week, a week out. Oh, a week out, okay. So it wasn't yeah. like I'm at the airport now. Yeah, it was, because I had to think about it. I said no initially, My because I was like, my wife's never going to let me go to Africa with Drew for two weeks. <laughs> she goes, are you kidding? You've got to go. And it's oh. just an amazing That's trip. nice of her. Yeah, that's a hard one. We're like, hi, you're not invited, but let me tell you about this business class flight and these five-star hotels. It was amazing. We're just, I mean, the hotels, and, and Drew's so, so gracious and generous. I heard he's a crazy good tipper. Yeah, he tips, he tips everybody a hundred bucks. Everybody wow. hundred bucks. That's nice. And, uh, but yeah, he's just the sweetest guy and loves to have fun. He's always looking for jokes. I should point out that I bought you an In-N-Out burger today. You did, it was great, for breakfast. On your birthday. Yeah. That was your birthday present. Drew Carey bought you a $35,000 vacation. Yeah, and I don't want to sound like I'm dropping names or showing off or anything. It was really just, it was a beautiful trip.
trip. It was amazing. Well, that's a case of dropping names where it's an interesting story. Yeah. But you are showing off. I will delete this because it's terrible that you can tell that story. Hey, you know what was great, though? When we were flying back, yeah. uh, the, uh, the pilot said, uh, hey, there's a rare, it's a rare day. There's no cloud cover over Greenland. Uh-huh. And so I was in, we're sitting in the very front of the 747, and I'm looking down at these glaciers. I mean, like the ones that are melting, and you can see icebergs and rivers of frozen ice. It was like another planet. It was actually terrifying. Really? Yeah. It sounds was, beautiful. It was unearthly. It was beautiful. But it was terrifying and beautiful. Yeah, it really, it's like, ooh, outer space. It made me think you were on another planet. Handheld, we just passed the line, said handheld cell ticket 161. $161. Not worth it. <laughs> Is that... Well, if it's Canadian. Why? Is, how did they come up with $161? That's such a weird... Well, I'm sure once you round up all the, uh, the processing fees and taxes, it's... <laughs> We're processing. I'll skip and give it to you again. But I don't care. Fuck. I think they should throw people in jail for texting driving. They really should. I'm not a fan of it. Look at Ikea now. We're passing an Ikea. It's a distribution center, so it's oh, even bigger. So you can't go in there. Oh, my God. Look at that. Caterpillar trucks. What else we got here? This is a big. Oh, this is a big service center. This is a new service center. Though. Oh, this is huge. This makes me wish I had to go to the bathroom. Um. So you excited about the show tonight? I am. It's gonna be fun. You know I'm doing all crowd work. So I heard you're gonna do all material, right? I was gonna do all crowd work. Oh, please just, don't. Just to warm them up for you. Just, just get all the good ones. Where are you from? I'm fucking with you. Um. So you'll do all material. Do you mind bringing me up? No, not at all. And do you mind just telling the audience that I'm going to be doing all crowd? No. Okay. And you're not even going to open with a joke? No. All crowd work. That's great. How's it going? It's going pretty well. Uh, and I feel like San Francisco. It's the biggest selling show. Okay. The quickest, most tickets sold ahead of time show. I would think that people coming to see you would know, would be able to trust you. Yeah, no, they, most people are sort of get it and kind of want to see it. And there's been no trouble so far. Um, but, so I don't know how much time you'll do tonight. Maybe 15. Is that good? Sure. Whatever you want. Is Sean Keen on the show? Yeah. Okay, so you know him, right? I'm pretty sure I know him. What's the longest set you've ever done? An hour and a half, a couple hours. Really? Yeah, it was years ago. I don't do that shit anymore. I don't want to see me for more than 30 minutes. Yeah, I feel like... Uh, <laughs> I don't want to see anyone do anything for more than an hour. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'll watch Patton. I'll watch Proops. Yeah. I'll watch... You know, I mean, I love watching good comics. But, you know, you just hit a point where it's like, I'm, I'm done. It's like, yeah, you're talking. And I'm listening, and I can only listen so much. Because I've got shit to do. I've got nothing to do. This is a smooth ride, then. It is. It's a, This is a 2013 Toyota Corolla. It's got 1,800 miles on it. Oh, my God. Yeah, I just rented it this morning. What kind of car do you drive from? A Honda Civic. 98. No AC. Seriously? Yeah, I rear-ended somebody in 1999, and I just never got it fixed. It's like, ah, fuck it. Well, so you had AC, but it broke. Yeah. Now if I turn it on, it fucks up my engine. So that's a 14-year-old car? Yeah. He's going to be driving in a couple years. <laughs> Did you, uh... I love that you drive a 99. Nothing fancy. But you know, I've also got a, 
I don't need a brag. A Porsche. I've also got a vintage Volkswagen that's 74 square back. Last so, square I used to have a square back when I was younger. It's one of the last ones with the quad headlamps. It's like a BMW. So when you have a car like that, do you have to like, is there like one guy who can fix it and you have to drive <laughs> the car tow 300 miles? His name is Walter. Do you have to go on like old, old Volkswagenparts.com or something? Well, my fuel tank rusted through about a year ago and I had it towed to the shop and Walter calls me up, Blaine, do you know anyone that does the gas fuel tank? Dead on Walter, by the way. Is that Walter your mechanic? Walter my mechanic. And uh, he's Tim Allen's guy. Tim Allen has a big <laughs> garage of stuff and he has a Volkswagen. We shared a manager for a while, so I asked around. But he's great. He's When I brought it into his lot, for he just looked at it and smiled. I was like, okay, this will be good. But I, I haven't started He's not at how much he was going to charge you. <laughs> he's like, oh, this guy's going to fucking get it. Everything on the car, 200 bucks. New engine, 200 bucks. Really? Ashtray, 200 bucks. Oh, um, what are these groves right here? Is that those oranges? Uh, probably, yeah, grapes, some kind of citrus. Have you watched Seinfeld's... Uh, I haven't seen any of them. I saw a little bit of one. I don't think it's like what we're doing, although it's... We're not going to the airport. It's the opener driving the headliner to the, to the game. Yeah. Now we're just buying a truck full of cows. See Causchwitz too. Have you seen Causchwitz? <laughs> how it's how a, have I never heard the term Causchwitz before? It's such an obvious joke. It's a giant cattle field really? next to the five that you can smell for miles. Oh man! And it just looks like Lollapalooza with cows. You know, when you when you drive by cows, you look at cows. You kind of want to be a vegetarian because you're like, they're cute. They're just kind of like hanging out. Yeah, they don't want to. They don't want to be cows, but they also don't want to be eaten. They want to be. I don't know what these are. Are these oranges? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe grapes. Great. I bet they are grapes. It's this wine country. Do I know anything about anything? I don't know anything about anything. <laughs> uh, I don't know how whiny this is. <laughs> I know there's cherry and garlic. Garlic! I've never passed a garlic farm before. There should be some garlic trucks, probably. Seriously? Yeah. And they have oh, I never flaps of garlic. I've never even thought about where they grow garlic. That's interesting. Yeah, there's a place called Gilroy. If we take the 101, uh, it's not like the Californians. You take the 101 through Gilroy, and they have it's like a, we make everything out of garlic, garlic ice cream. Well, there's that place, the Stinky Rose, that's in San Francisco, and there's a few of them. Have you ever yeah, been there? I have. It's Ted. Now tell me about that. This is it. I heard it fucks you up for. Uh, Days. It's pretty garlicky. Everything has garlic in it. I went there. I had I had the flu version on bronchitis. Uh, I thought that would cut through. Some yeah, and it did. It totally. Like, what did you have? Do you remember? Uh, I had some some sort of crazy pasta, like uh, uh, angel hair or whatever. Ah, uh, angel hair with garlic and oil is. Oh, but then they have these. Uh, they, they bring out bread and they have these cloves that they cook. Oh, and just, it's almost like yeah, just like butter and that roasted garlic. Oh yeah. And then you have your first kiss. <laughs> Honey looks like it's gonna be oral. I wonder if it's <laughs> if I'm the first person to ever make a joke about going to the garlic restaurant kissing someone. I bet no one's thought of that angle. That'd be a bad place to get caught under the mistletoe. <laughs> are, we, are we rolling? 
Yeah. We started? Okay. I think that uh, maybe we should uh, wind into our we'll ease out of this uh, conversation and then we don't have to be in podcast mode anymore. Well, this was pretty fun talking, right? It was pretty fun talking. Are there any questions we have for each other? Uh, well, now, where are you going after this? You go to Portland and Seattle? Uh, Portland, right? Seattle, Vancouver, and Anchorage, Alaska. Oh, wow. Have you never performed in Alaska? No, I've never been. I was in Vancouver at a casino with Drew a couple months ago. How many shows do you do with him? Like, how often? You know, I'll go out maybe uh, three, three weeks every five months. Not a lot. Is he, so he's doing a lot of stand-up now? Yeah. Does he have a lot of new material? Or is he it all does. new material? He does. He's just getting back into the swing of things. He likes doing it. He's a really he's a great club comic. I've never seen that legendary set he had on the Tonight Show. Yeah, that was back when that was like a career changer, right? Yeah, where you can you're, you you had a career because he got called over, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't Did know. Did he get a standing ovation? No, but I think Johnny just loved him so much. Everybody just loved him. He's just very funny, and uh, uh, you know, young and fresh. Nobody had seen him before. But yeah, he's uh, uh, he took me to see that they did a documentary on Carson, uh, and for some, I think the American Film Institute or something. Uh huh. And they invited him to speak because he did that set, and uh, he talks about Johnny and just just you know tears up. Really? Yeah. I imagine he would, right? Yeah, I, I would have loved to have met just met Johnny. I wish Johnny was still around. Yeah, I do. I thought he was the death of class. You know, when he was gone, it was all over. Now it's just people waiting to talk. Instead of... You know, Johnny would support his guests. Yeah. You know, he would just... He wouldn't try to top everybody. Not like the way I do it. <laughs> I think I'm really supportive. You're really supportive. I'm a really supportive podcast because I don't want to talk at all. So, in that sense, you have a lot of guests have a lot of control. How many uh, podcasts have you done? This might be like my 27th or something, 26th. It's a hard thing. Have you ever thought of doing it? What? Your podcast? No, a podcast. <laughs> I know doing my podcast was very difficult. Uh, I would love to do a podcast. I just uh, yeah. It's a lot of work. I was so excited that when I realized maybe we can record one while we're driving, because then you get another one in the can. Yeah, as it were. Get ahead of the game. Spit them out once a week. I know guys that do two a week. Like, how are you doing it? You know, I've been playing. Uh, I'm on a Dungeons and Dragons podcast with Brian Bosan called Nerd Poker. Uh huh. And it's a lot of fun. We've been doing it for I think we have 40 episodes. But we have to go in and we have to wrangle six of us. Oh, for three man. three hours. Well, so a you week. do have a podcast? Well, it's not mine. Oh, it's, it's Brian's. It's Brian's. I don't even. I've never played Dungeons and Dragons. It's fun. Isn't it a game? Doesn't it take like 17 hours to play a game or something? Or? Yeah, it just keeps going. Oh, okay. you pick up where you left off. I don't even know. I won't. I'm tempted to ask you everything about Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> but I think we should, uh, we should wrap things up. My first podcast in a car. Blaine Kapatch, happy birthday. Thank anything you. Anything you want to plug? You have a website or something? Uh, no, follow me on Twitter. Blaine, Blaine Kapatch. B L A I N E C A P A T C H. Wow, you right? got it. Boom. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, Todd. All right. Hope you enjoyed the first uh, on-the-road edition of my podcast. I recorded a couple other people who drove me on my tour. 
So uh, look for those interviews coming soon. Yeah, they're interviews, not discussions or chats. I grill these people. I will be doing a live podcast in New York City if you're in the Brooklyn, New York City area, October 29th. I have some really good guests. I have Natasha Leone, who's very funny, and she's also on uh, Orange is the New Black. Hannibal Burris, we know who he is, very funny. Nick Turner, very funny. Andy Borowitz, political and funny. Quite a diverse group of guests. That's October 29th. Some tickets still available, but quite a few sold. I'm not going to tell you the exact amount. A lot. I have some other upcoming tour dates. Uh, November 8th and 9th, I'll be at the Up Comedy Club in Chicago. November 12th, I believe. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the 12th. I'll be doing my first show in Mississippi in Hattiesburg at Brewski's. November 13th, I'll be part of the Hell Yes Festival in New Orleans. November 14th, I will be doing my first show and also my first visit ever to Pensacola, Florida. I lived in Florida many years, never went to Pensacola. First trip, two shows that night, November 14th. Then the 16th of November, I will be in Cleveland for the Cleveland Comedy Festival. You can get all the info you need at toddberry.com. You can click little ticket links there. Follow me at Todd Berry on Twitter. Follow Feral Audio also on Twitter. I think it's Feral Audio. I think it's just called at Feral Audio. Also go to their website, Feral Audio. They're the ones who put on this podcast, by the way. I know, this is really sloppy. This is getting really sloppy. But they also have some new t-shirts that uh, maybe they'll send me one. But you should buy them. Alrighty. See you next time. Goodbye. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing the new spicy Cajun chicken sub. Cajun seasoned grilled chicken breast, zesty cherry peppers, and house-made Cajun mayo. Just $5.55 for a medium. Remember, a portion of every sub you buy helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time only, plus tax. Participating locations. Firehouse Subs would donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase.